Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness. It's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Welcome to Vitality Radio. My name is Jared St. Clair. It's good to be with you on another episode of Vitality Radio. I think this episode has real value for you. Let me tell you why. Supplement buyers, that's you and it's also me, have a lot of options. There are thousands of places we can buy our supplements from, whether it's a website or a brick and mortar store, a mom and pop or a big box uh, a network marketing company, all kinds of options. There are a whole bunch of different companies that we manufacture these supplements that we could potentially buy from. And these decisions can get a little overwhelming for many people. I hear it all the time at Vitality Nutrition. You know, how do I know? How do I know? How do I know? Well, that's what this episode is all about, is to help you understand sort of the behind the scenes way, uh, information, I guess you need to make your best decision when it comes to buying supplements. Because while my show largely focuses on how to take supplements effectively and how to read labels and, you know, what to take for what uh, issue that you're dealing with and so on, I haven't tackled in the way that I do on this show anyway, uh, that question of who can I trust to give my supplement dollars to and who should I be cautious with and uh, possibly think twice about. I'm going to share some information about what's happening right now on Amazon when it comes to supplements that is very, very concerning. And I'm going to give you a bird's eye view of kind of the behind the scenes, how this whole thing happens, how a supplement is made uh, from the raw material all the way to the shelf and why that should matter to you as the person who's going to consume that supplement. So I hope this episode is super helpful for you. At the end of the episode, I'll introduce the very first Homeopathic Minute, we're going to do one every Wednesday all the way through 2024 and a little bit into 2025, and uh, I hope that you stay tuned for that. We're going to talk about Aconitum napellus. And now, without further ado, let's jump right into this. I got a letter uh, about a week or a week and a half ago from a company that I do business with, a company called Now Foods. I don't carry a lot of Now Foods products. In fact, I used to carry more than I do now, but uh, they are a reputable company that I trust in terms of, um, you know, do they put what is in the bottle, uh, put in the bottle what's on the label uh, and that kind of thing. They, they're family business, independent. A lot of things I, I respect about them. This letter was essentially a report of some lab assays they did on products to determine whether or not people are being straight with the consumer, you, uh, on the supplements that they're selling on Amazon and Walmart.com. So that's what the letter is about, and I won't spoil the contents of the letter until I preface uh, reading the letter to you with a bunch of information that I think uh, you may find of value. So one of the most common questions I hear 
is how do I know if a product is a good quality supplement? And it's definitely a valid question. So I want to walk through this with you from an insider's perspective, bearing in mind that I myself sell supplements for a living and use supplements myself, uh, but I do have my own biases for sure. So let me preface this by trying to explain what those biases are and why I consider my perspective on this topic to uh, be of value. I, I actually really do think that what I have to say here <laughs> has value. And frankly, I always feel that way when I give, get on this uh, show behind this microphone. Uh, hopefully you agree. But uh, let's talk about it because perspective to a large degree is reality. And it kind of is everything really, right? How you see it versus how someone else sees it. And I happen to have had a bird's eye view into a lot of this stuff for my entire life. So my heritage actually starts not in a health food store uh, when it comes to supplements, but with my father um, around the time I was, that's not even right. I think it was before I was born, uh, working for a company called Albion Labs in Ogden, Utah. Now, Albion is still there. This is a company that's been around for, I don't know how many decades, but uh, well, at least 60 uh, years and probably longer. And they're one of the first really great manufacturers to have figured out the science of chelating minerals. Now, I use Albion products, uh, their minerals, in many of the supplements that I sell. They're all over my Ultimate Vitality Multi. Theirs is the magnesium I use in my magnesium bisglycinate formula and so on. So I'm a big believer in Albion, not because my dad worked there 60 years ago or 55 years ago or whatever it is, but because they have proven time and time again that they know what they're doing when it comes to mineral absorption. So I use a lot of Albion products and that, you know, that's the first uh, insight that I had into the manufacturing side of the industry was from my dad telling me about how things went at Albion Labs uh, when he was there. And it's important because Albion is not a finished products manufacturer. They are what is called a raw material manufacturer. They make the individual nutrients that you would put into then a capsule uh, that you would eventually consume. So from my perspective as a health food store retailer, if that's all I did, which most health food store, uh, health food store owners, that is what they do. They sell other people's products. So there's basically a few steps here. There's the raw material manufacturer themselves. That that would in this case would be Albion. Then there's the uh, usually contract manufacturer, which builds the product uh, that you know a man, that a company might want to produce. So let's just say, for instance, uh, let's keep it simple. We'll keep it really, really simple. We'll talk about my magnesium bisglycinate because there's one ingredient in there. Okay, but this applies to formulas have 60 ingredients as well. So you have the raw material manufacturer and the contract manufacturer, and then you typically have what would be known as the manufacturer, but in many cases, they're not actually manufacturing anything. They're developing the product uh, through their you know, R&D department or whoever they're using. In my case, I'm a very small independent company. I am basically the R&D department, and then there's an R&D department at the contract manufacturer that I use as well, R&D meaning research and development. 
I've done lots and lots of research on this stuff for years, so I have a pretty good feel for what I want to do with my formulas when I'm ready to come out with them. So what happens is I send over to my contract manufacturer, who I have a contract with to make my products for me. I send over to them uh, what type of a formula I'm looking for. In this case, I knew exactly what I was looking for. I knew I wanted Albion Trax brand magnesium bisglycinate. That's T-R-A-A-C-S. Um, Trax bland, I believe they have the best mineral chelates mostly uh, across the board. And I definitely believe they have the best absorbing man, um, magnesium formula. So I said to them, hey, I want to come out with this. I want 400 milligrams in three capsules um, if you can fit that. And I was able to get that to happen, or they were able to get that to happen, which uh, is not an easy task. They have to use a extra slow running machine, what's called a, a uh, semi-automatic as opposed to an automatic encapsulator, in order to fit that much powder into a capsule. And so all of these little things have to be kept uh, taken into account. But regardless, we have the raw material manufacturer, the contract manufacturer, me, in this case, the formulator, and the guy who is going to put my label on it. And then you have the reseller. Now, in my case, it's a little bit different because I'm also the reseller. So I have the product formulated and then I sell it to you or anyone else who wants to buy it through my health food store or through my website. But I also sell it at wholesale to doctor's offices uh, locally here in Utah and to a few health food stores across the country and a few uh, other uh, professionals that buy my products as well. So they then in that case would be the reseller. So those are kind of the steps. There's about four of them usually. Raw material, contract manufacturer, uh, the product that developer will say, and then the reseller of the product. Now, this has changed a lot over the years um, at the reseller end, but the rest of it pretty much stays the same. So the second bit of heritage that I have in all this is the actual uh, experience that I've had personally and that my father had uh, working for companies that are the developers of the product. So he was the vice president at a company called Nature's Herbs. He was the vice president at a company called Solaray. He was VP at Megafood, and then he eventually decided he was tired of working for all these other brands and formulated his own brand uh, called Ridgecrest Herbals, which I then worked for for about 10 years as a product um, formulator. So through all of this, I was able to get a much, much better viewpoint on what happens, you know, behind the scenes, what's happening at the manufacturing level and even the raw material level before it gets into a bottle um, or even into a capsule. And what really, really opened my eyes to a lot of, you know, how this all works is when I started actually developing formulas for Ridgecrest Herbals. That was my first, you know, job as a product developer. I developed Hair Revive, uh, the product that we they still sell for women's hair loss. Um, I developed Anxiety Free, 
which they're actually currently changing the name of uh, because of FDA not wanting it to be called that. I developed adrenal fatigue fighter. I co-developed uh, thyroid uh, nourish or thyro nourish uh, from them. I developed clear lung sport. Uh, and so quite a few products from that brand. And what was really cool was for the first time, I really had insight into what it looks like from the developer's uh, perspective looking at the raw material provider and the contract manufacturer and what all goes into that. Then, of course, I have the health food store side of things where I'm actually working with the end consumer. And that, I will tell you, is the most valuable experience that I've ever had. And it's not even close because I can tell you this. It's really, really simple. Everyone's trying to sell you something, including me. The only people not trying to sell me something as a health food store owner are the customers that are actually buying my products, right? So the feedback I get from you, someone who actually consumes a product that I sell, is the most valuable feedback that I can ever get from anyone because it's real world, basically unbiased feedback. And there's real value in that. And I pay great attention to it. You know, there's a lot of things that go on in the day of a health food store owner. Now, Back in the day, I didn't have a podcast and I didn't I, I didn't do product development. I was more of a, I guess you could say, a traditional mom and pop health food store. And I actually had a lot more time on my hands. We weren't uh, super busy back in those days. In fact, it was tough to even figure out how to pay rent a lot of the times. And uh, I had, you know, I could count on some customers coming in, not as many as we wanted, but I could count on some customers coming in. I could count on some phone calls from customers. I could count on a need to probably put away an order or place an order, uh, organize a shelf, clean off a section, uh, set up a, an end cap with some you know promotional items on it or whatever. These were kind of the typical things. But the one thing that I could count on, maybe above everything else, that would get in the way of everything else that I was trying to do, but was basically a necessary evil, was a phone call or a visit from a manufacturer's rep, a sales rep. It would come into Vitality and say, hey, Jared, we've got this amazing product. You should buy it from us, and this is why, right? And give me the big sales pitch. And in the early days, um, you know, I've been doing this since way before the internet came around. Uh, it was a bit of a challenge to try and figure out, okay, you know, how do I know if I can trust this brand? I had to really do um, some due diligence. And I had to pay a lot of attention to a lot of attention to just what I have probably used more than anything else over the years, and that is, does it sound legitimate coming from the mouth of the person presenting it to me? That was the first thing that I always listened for. And do I know more about the product that they're selling than they know? And I will tell you that more often than not, I know a lot more about the products than my reps know about their products. And I think it's simply because I've been doing it my whole life and most of them have not. And because, again, I have that amazing customer feedback thing directly to the consumer that has real value in educating me on how things work, what it takes to get the product to work, how much should be taken for it to work, and so on and so on and so on. And so 
Back then, it was a little bit tougher. Now, we have a lot of really cool tools, but we also have a real problem. Because back in those days, when we were nutrition shop, not Vitality Nutrition, when I was a young man and I was trying to figure out what to bring in, the industry itself was not much. There there wasn't a lot of money in the industry. There were no billion-dollar companies, and there weren't a whole lot of, like, hundred-million-dollar companies in the industry, maybe just a handful. I remember when the franchise uh, company, GNC, hit a billion dollars, and they were the first billion-dollar company in the natural products industry. Now there are many billion-dollar companies in the natural products industry. Well, because of this, there weren't nearly as many... Um, shady players in the marketplace because there frankly just wasn't that much money in the marketplace to begin with. And so it was a lot easier back then to determine if you had a legitimate product than it is now for so many reasons. And I'm going to get into those. But the reason I wanted to start at my you know heritage in Vitality Nutrition and the various businesses that I've uh, been involved with or that my father was involved with uh, who taught me so much of what I know today is because I want to share with you that it is a unique perspective that I have. And what I've recognized is that with that perspective, I have the ability to really help to steer you through some of the smoke screens of you know, marketing and all the other stuff that comes along with this industry that we're in. So my point is basically that with that perspective, I have the capacity to, to really help, I think, you to figure out what you ought to be taking, what you ought to avoid, that kind of thing, with the caveat of, yes, I have my own bias, I sell this for a living, and you ought not to get all of the information on this stuff from just me, for sure. Let me tell you, though, what happens in this marketplace now, because now we have a different dynamic. It is very, very easy now to get your product out in front of consumers. You can just put it on Amazon, and anyone can do it. Or you can put it on Walmart.com. You can put it a bunch of different places. It's not that hard. It used to be with supplements. I mean, this really was the case when I started. Individual reps had to either fly to or drive to or phone call independent stores, there were hardly any chains back then, and grocery stores didn't sell supplements hardly at all. There wasn't a Costco or a Sam's Club or anything else where you could buy a million capsules of whatever uh, for 39 cents. That didn't exist back then. It was a bunch of independent stores selling supplements, and it was a really, really significant task to get your brand launched back in those days. Now anyone can launch a brand on Amazon really, really quickly. Uh, you can do all kinds of things far more efficiently than you used to be able to, and you can market those things on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and Pinterest and you know a million other places that you can jump up and get your product put in front of the customer. Well, now, because of that, we have a very, very different picture of what the supplement industry looks like. I'll always remember about nine years ago now, I think, it might be eight years ago, but somewhere in that range, we were the first store in Utah to carry CBD. CBD, of course, comes from hemp. At that time, it was very much a gray area. 
as far as FDA was concerned, and interestingly enough, still is a gray area with FDA. They still don't regulate CBD. Um, independent states have to regulate CBD the way that they see fit, and it's different in all 50 states. And because of that, we don't have CBD on our website currently because there are some, it's not legalities, it's, um, how do I put it? It's uh, it's a risk thing with uh, the companies, the credit card companies that actually take the payments. Um, certain companies will, certain companies won't online in the online environment. Ours will not. We're looking around for someone who will so that we can sell CBD online because it's legal for us to sell online. Uh, it's a it's a whole different story with insurance and a bunch of other things that restrict us from it. But we do sell it at our store and, and we can sell it over the phone and we can ship it to you. So if you ever want CBD, we can get it to you. That's not the issue. But CBD, when we first brought it in, nobody knew much about it at all. And the reason I was an early adopter of it is because I had a dear personal friend in the CBD industry with the biggest CBD company in the country. I think they still are, as far as I know, who was able to um, satisfy my needs in terms of knowing that they were making a good quality product. And he also was able to educate me on what CBD did because he certainly did know a lot more about it than I did. And it was a slow process selling CBD at first. And then all of a sudden it just went bam. There were, it was such a trend, such a fad. It's still incredibly popular, which is why I probably can't call it a fad anymore uh, because CBD still is, it's sold everywhere. Gas stations have it, grocery stores have it, it's everywhere. And there was a time about eight years ago that I was the only store in all of Utah that had it. So kind of an interesting thing to watch. But what happened was all of a sudden, about two years after I started selling it, I had all kinds of little companies calling me selling, saying they had this great CBD supplement that I needed to look at their product because it was amazing. And I needed to have it in my store and I would start quizzing them. I would ask them some very specific questions, and in most cases, they could not answer those questions, and I knew that they were either cheating intentionally or didn't know enough about what they were doing that I would want to trust their product in my store and in the hands and bodies of my customers. And I've seen this happen over and over and over again. Now, CBD was the biggest one maybe ever because CBD alone is a multi-billion dollar market now. But there have been dozens of other examples of this. Right now, the big hot new thing is something called NMN. If you haven't heard of NMN, don't worry. One of the shows I'm doing in 2024 is going to be all about NMN. I'll probably be doing that within the next month or so. We're going to talk about it because it is hot and you need to understand it. Methylene blue is another one that's getting a lot of traction right now. I just did a couple of shows on methylene blue over the last couple of months, one on local radio and one here on the podcast. And it is really popular and you can get it on Amazon from a bunch of different brands. But I can tell you that the range of potencies and quality is huge in methylene blue. And then, of course, something that's been rocking now for about four years is berberine. Now, I did my 27th episode of Vitality Radio podcast, so that's almost four years ago, on berberine. And I stated in that show that the evidence of berberine's efficacy for blood pressure, blood sugar, 
and lipid profile, cholesterol numbers basically, was blowing my mind. The research was awesome. It's even better today than it was then. And I was so excited to bring it to you at that point because it was, I thought, a truly game-changing herbal compound. And I still believe that it is. Everything I said about it then, I believe even more deeply now because now I've had four years of experience selling it and getting that super valuable customer feedback from people like yourself or maybe even from you um, telling me how great this stuff works. So my episode 27 is all about berberine if you want to learn more about that. But the reason I bring that up is because of the letter that I talked about at the very top of the show having to do all with berberine. Before I get into that, one more thing. A couple months back, I brought you a story about counterfeit products on Amazon.com. The problem was even worse than just low-quality products. It was literally people on Amazon printing counterfeit labels of real-name brands, sticking that label on a bottle, filling the capsules full of who knows what, and selling it on Amazon. Now, to Amazon's credit... They say they are doing something about it. In their words, they are investigating the matter. But they've been in investigation mode for a few years now, and we still have no solution from Amazon. And I suppose maybe the truth is that Amazon makes a lot of money from counterfeits, so maybe they're not in a rush? That's the only thing I can figure. I know that if I had those products on my shelf and I found out about it, I would do everything I possibly could to stop that from happening. Amazon is a big, multi-billion dollar company. I mean, they're as big and bad as anybody in the in the whole marketplace, right? Amazon, they've got the resources to stop this from happening if they want to. I just don't think they want to. There's a lot of money in fake products. It's been happening for years all over the place. uh, And I'll talk a little bit about that, a little bit more about that in a second. But there's another problem that has arisen. And I want to explain something about the relationship that the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, has with the supplement companies. There's four parts to this that I want to go through really quick. DSHEA, that's the Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act that was passed in 1994, I believe it was, um, that regulated the supplement industry. And yes, I did say regulated the supplement industry. A lot of people that don't like supplements will tell you it's not regulated. That is a lie. It is 100% a regulated industry. It just isn't regulated the same way as drugs are, and for good reason, because dietary supplements are really hard to hurt yourself with in any kind of a significant way, and drugs kill people every single day. And so we, the regulations are different, but the regulations are there. One of the regulations is, and I've talked about this a little bit, and FCC gets involved in this along with FDA, is that supplement companies basically can't tell you much about what their supplements do. This is a plus and a minus from a consumer's perspective. The plus is manufacturers can't just make crap up about what their supplements do. The minus is they can't tell you stuff that they haven't made up, that they've actually got clinical evidence of, which makes you as the consumer rely on outside sources to get information about these things 
hoping that you get good information about those products. Whereas if there is clinical research showing that a product does a thing, it ought to be able to be listed in the products in the manufacturer's literature on their website. But it's not. That's illegal. You can't say much about what your supplement does, even if you've got proof. The second part, though, and this is probably the most important part specifically here, and that is called CGMP. That's Certified Good Manufacturing Practices. This is something that is a deal between FDA and the supplement industry, but not all supplement brands do it because it's not the law. It's more of a handshake deal, and it was actually brought not by FDA, but by the manufacturers in this industry that are concerned about dirty players in their industry. So all of the brands that we carry at Vitality Nutrition are CGMP brands, meaning that they are manufactured in uh, facilities that follow certified good manufacturing practices as laid down by the supplement industry the good guys in the supplement industry and the FDA. I will not call the FDA good guys. Uh, but uh, regardless, this these practices are great. They make a very, very it may they make it very, very difficult to even accidentally make a lower quality product or a product that isn't what it you know claims to be. And they make it impossible to do it uh, you know intentionally, basically. Um, as long as the manufacturing facility is following CGMPs and um, the raw material companies are following CGMPs, then the end product is certified uh, in a way that you can um, you know, take to the bank, so to speak, in terms of the quality. But there's one more step that can be taken, and that's what are called third-party inspections. Now, CGMP facilities require FDA inspections. And really great uh, manufacturing facilities like the one that I use follow also something called a third-party inspection. So the FDA can come and check it out anytime, but so can a third-party company that is paid for by the manufacturer. Um, they pay, in this case, NSF to certify their facility, and they basically go through and look at all the batch records and verify that the product is what they said it was when it left their facility, that there was no contaminants, that there were no, you know, uh, well, any kind of contaminants from heavy metals to, um, to mold and all that kind of stuff, that everything fell within the guidelines of what's considered safe uh, for the end user and that the milligrams stated on the bottle are what they say they are. And there's a, a little margin of error in all of this stuff because it's it's impossible to get it down to the you know the one percent. But basically, they're verifying that everything is what they say it is when it leaves, and that's done by third-party uh, inspectors and FDA inspectors, all going back down to CGMP. But a manufacturer of supplements can not. Sign on on sign off on CGMP can not invite FDA inspectors into their facility, cannot pay for third party inspectors, and then can produce kind of whatever they want. So the problem is there's always someone willing to lie, cheat, and steal in any industry, 
And the larger the supplement industry has grown, the more money is available for dirty players to enter into the game. So they do. This isn't restricted to just supplement companies, though. This has happened in industry for millennia. There are counterfeiters in clothing, watches, knives, and millions of other products. And quality varies wildly between various companies in every marketplace. You're always looking for, you know, a quality versus price and value, whether you're buying groceries, whether you're buying supplements, whether you're buying clothing or whatever else. And you know you're likely going to get a higher quality garment at, uh, you know, uh, at, a, at a higher end uh, department store than maybe you would at Walmart, for instance. That's just how it is. The challenge with supplements, though, as I see it, is this, and it makes it very different from other marketplaces because you can tell if you have an authentic concert T-shirt based on if you bought it outside the venue from a guy standing on the corner with a pile of shirts or inside the venue at the merchandise stand. It's also pretty obvious when you have a quote-unquote Nike T-shirt or Rolex watch that you got on the corner in Tijuana, Mexico uh, versus at a jewelry store with the Rolex logo or the Nike store or, you know, that kind of thing. It's easier to tell also the quality of a product if you know what it's supposed to feel like or look like or smell like. What is supposed to be in a capsule, though, of a supplement is a different story. I had an experience years ago at Vitality Nutrition. Uh, with vitamin B12. Now, vitamin B12 is an interesting vitamin. It's quite bright red in color. And uh, if you ever get like a vitamin B12 uh, sublingual tablet, you know, the little uh, melt-away tablets that you put under your tongue, you'll notice it's kind of a pink color, pinkish red. And um, it is, that's how it is. That's just how vitamin B12 looks. Well, I know that. And I've known that for years because I've carried lots of B12. I've seen lots of bottles of B12. I've taken a lot of B12. And I know what vitamin B12 is supposed to look like. Well, I had a company that wanted to sell me some B12. And they sent me um, some bottles to sample. These I didn't pay for these. They sent them to me as samples and said, hey, we have this great B12. It's a liquid. Uh, your customers are going to love it. And they told, you know, and they, they gave me all their, their pitch. I didn't know the brand very well. I'd heard of them. But that was about it. I got the product and I decided to sample the product. I opened it up. I squeezed the little dropper. It was yellow, not red. There was no pinkish, reddish color to it at all. I looked at the label to see, okay, what's in this besides B12? Maybe there's just a really small amount of B12 and there's a bunch of other stuff that would change the color. And I said, no, I don't see anything that would make this seem like or, or, or that would make it not be the color it should be. Um, I even went as far as to open up another bottle of B12 from another brand that I carried for years, a brand that I trusted, and compared the two and said, oh, okay, let's just see, because these labels are relatively similar. Let's see what the look is. And yeah, a very, very, very different red liquid as opposed to a yellow liquid. So I called them and I said, hey, I don't know what's going on over there, but you guys, I don't think there's any B12 in your product. And he said, yes, there is. And I said, no, I don't think so. Can you send me some documentation to prove what's in the product? He came up with a big elaborate story about all kinds of things that made no sense to me at all as to why the product should be a different color. 
And uh, I sat there and listened, and I said, I think you're lying. And I, I've never accused a vendor of lying to me ever. I never had up to that point. I don't think I ever have since. And he got very offended and hung up on me. <laughs> okay, well, caught in the act, maybe. But here's the point. I knew it was supposed to be a specific color. I knew because I have this perspective and this experience that unfortunately most people listening to a podcast like this do not have. And that is the challenge. So the question is, how do you know what you can trust, who you can trust, what brands to trust, and so on? I'm going to read this letter now. And then at the end of this show, I'm going to give you a very simple and really pretty short, concise list of what I do myself when I'm picking supplements to put in my store or when I'm taking supplements to put in my body. And I think it's going to be a valuable list to you. And I would highly recommend that if you think what I'm talking to you about today is valuable and useful, write this down and refer to it every once in a while until you just get in the habit of knowing this is what I'm going to do before I buy a supplement from here on out. I think it could really, really help you save some money, waste less money, and get better bang for your buck. Dan Richard from Now Foods, he's the son of the original owner. He uh, wrote this letter to all retailers about something that they decided to do with berberine supplements. They tested over 30 berberine supplements after surveying the online marketplace for what they called questionable products. In his words, berberine is an intensely yellow-colored alkaloid extracted from various plants such as barberry and Oregon grape roots. Golden seal is one well-known example of a berberine-rich plant and enjoys a long history of medicinal use by Native American tribes. Berberine has recently risen in popularity on social media as a dietary supplement. With such a rise in popularity, there is the possibility for deceptive players to take advantage of the increased demand by offering inferior or adulterated products. This is the 16th round of product testing performed by Now Foods since 2017. So in the last six years, they've grabbed 16 different types of products off of Amazon and Walmart.com, tested a whole bunch of them to just see if what they say is in the product is in the product. That's all they're looking for. So let's get into this one specifically with berberine. Berberine supplements like NOWS are typically made in the hydrochloride form, which is obtained from an extraction of uh, berberus aristata bark. Berberine HCL dihydrate is typically used as the supplement source of berberine HCL and is about 85 to 90% potency. This means if a brand claims to have 500 milligrams of berberine on a label uh, and it is in the HCL form, that the supplier must put 550 to 575 milligrams of berberine in to meet the label claim, meaning it's not 100% berberine. Um, it's it's you know 85 to 90% berberine. That's really typical with herbs, also very, very typical with minerals. Um, there's a reason why it takes three capsules to put 400 milligrams of magnesium in, magnesium bisglycinate, and that is because it's not just magnesium, and you're trying to get 400 milligrams of magnesium. There's a bunch of other stuff there as well. So this is how they did their test. They purchased two bottles of each product from 33 brands, including their own brand, sold on both Amazon and Walmart.com. 
It was suspicious even before testing that many brands may be fraudulently mislabeling products and potency on the front of the label due to the high potency claims, meaning that some of them said they had more in them than they could probably actually fit in a capsule. Here's another thing that I happen to know uh, because of the perspective that I have. Berberine is a light, fluffy, sticky powder. It takes up a lot more space in a capsule than, say, vitamin C. For instance, ascorbic acid or vitamin C, you can put 1,000 milligrams in what's called a double-ot capsule, but you can only put 500 milligrams of berberine in a double-ot capsule. It's just fluffier and stickier and uh, lighter. It's not as dense, and that's just how it is. Also, it's got that really, really bright yellow color to it. So I'd actually love to have seen pictures of the testing they're doing here, but regardless... They said that they were concerned about a lot of it because it said it had 600 milligrams, 700 milligrams, which they knew with their equipment they couldn't even shove into a capsule. The quality of each brand, back to the letter, was assessed by high-performance liquid chromatography and ultraviolet light detection. Um, HPLC also uh, was used to quantify the amount of berberine hydrochloride in tested products. So high-performance liquid chromatography chromatography. I've actually seen these machines in action. They're fascinating. They take this photo of the ingredient um, and they can actually see the peaks uh, on this test of how much of a specific ingredient is in that, uh, that product. It's how they can tell if they've got an active level of any herb uh, before they put it into a capsule. It's what raw material suppliers use to determine they've got the right potency when they send it off to the contract manufacturers. It's what the contract manufacturer then uses, at least a good contract manufacturer that's following HPL, or sorry, following uh, CGMP, the good manufacturing process. They use HPLC then to verify that the raw material manufacturer actually sent them what they say they sent them, okay? That's how they figure this out. Externally, now sent one unopened bottle of each brand to a company called Alchemist Labs to provide an independent report on the same products. So they bought two of 33 different products, two each. They took one to their lab and sent one to Alchemist Labs, a third-party uh, researcher, to determine through the exact same type of testing, what was in the products, okay? So uh, below, he says, are the highlights of the testing group. The products chosen were purchased from both Amazon and Walmart in early November 2023. These brands were picked because they are less known and sold almost entirely at walmart.com and amazon.com. We have avoided testing health food store brands or practitioner brands because they simply are less concerned about these brands that actually are probably following all the guidelines. The results of this round of testing showed serious levels of low potencies with every brand testing below 100% except for now. Seven brands did contain over 80% labeled potency, and three brands contained 90 to 97% potency. Out of 33, only three contained over 90%, and seven contained over 80%. Now has tested some of the same brands previously while testing other categories and found similar problems. A company called A Squared has failed eight different rounds of product testing and has the worst record for potencies tested among all brands. If you've got A Squared in your house, 
you probably should get rid of it. 18 of the 33 brands tested contained less than 40% of labeled potency. That's more than half of all the brands tested that didn't even contain a mediocre 40% level of potency. Seven of the 33 tested brands had 1% or less of berberine potency in each product. It appears that all of these seriously uh, flawed brands were tested for the first time in NOW's testing program and maybe new brands. That's the seven that had less than 1%. But here are the brands. I'll tell them to you. Earth Bear, B-A-R-E, Greeby Gummies, Green People Formula, Conefancy, Satuumi, Vitamin Science, and Wellness Labs RX. Those are all brands that had less than 1%. Okay, so that's how that thing laid out. And I've got the list here in front of me. It's kind of crazy. Now tested out at 104% uh, over the uh, label claim. And uh, we had a brand, Doctor Recommend World, New World. I've never heard of them. That was at 97%, which is pretty good. I mean, 97% actually technically is within the margin of error. So they're probably not intentionally cheating. They're, they're just a little bit off of their label claim. Um, another one, Sunergetic, uh, had 95%. That's also within the margin of error. Uh, and another one is at 90%, which is not in the margin of error, but is at least is close. And that's Tonic IL. But we had all these other brands, some of which had 0%, uh, five, six actually with 0%, 1%. There's one with 57, 24, 39. The point is of 33 brands, that are mostly sold at Amazon and Walmart of 33 brands, only three were within the margin of error that is allowed by CGMP and FDA. So I told you at the end of the show, I was going to lay out for you really just a, what I think is a fairly simple process of figuring this out. There's a lot of words here, but it's actually pretty simple. And once you hear it, I think you'll understand. And if you want to read it or or write it down, um, I would recommend doing that um, so that you get in the habit of really checking before you make that purchase online. So for me, there are several factors to consider when buying supplements. The first, of course, is quality. And the brand does matter. Do your research, check their website, see if they have a website. If you're seeing it just on Amazon or Walmart.com and you can hardly find it anywhere else, it's not available on 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 different websites like most big brands are, then you've got a little company, not necessarily a bad company. Little companies are okay. Um, But if they don't even have a website, that's a major red flag. Probably enough for me to not order the product. Well, it is enough for me to not order the product. Um, if they do have a website, check their website and look for certifications, things like NSF, uh, CGMP, various other certifications to determine if um, they're actually even, I mean, in this case, they could be cheating. It's their website. They can put that stuff up there. But companies like NSF are out there looking for websites that are using their logo illegally and not paying for those third-party inspections. So you can at least get a little bit of a feel there. Um Check that first. If it's not a brand that you recognize, if it's hard to find online, if it's um, sold, it's. I, I will say this: it's okay if it's sold just directly from the manufacturer, but it's not available on Amazon. That means they're probably trying to protect themselves 
from counterfeiting on Amazon, some of these other issues, that's okay. You'll notice that right now, no Vitality Nutrition products are sold on Amazon. That's intentional. I've had people ask me to put them on Amazon. I have a lot of companies sending me, literally, this is a weekly thing at least, uh, emails telling me they can blow up my brand on Amazon. I am intentionally not doing that. Now, it can be sold on Amazon. It can be sold safely on Amazon. There are a lot of brands that sell good stuff on Amazon. There are. But if you're going to buy from Amazon, there's a few questions you have to ask yourself first, okay? First, who am I supporting with my money? Well, the first person you're supporting with your money on Amazon is Amazon. This is the company that has been stuck in investigation mode for years while millions of consumers are buying garbage that they are knowingly selling and not doing anything about. This is also the company that at the behest of FDA pulled the product N-acetylcysteine, NAC, from their warehouses during COVID because too many people were utilizing NAC effectively against COVID. And FDA did not want anything utilized effectively against COVID. Okay. So Amazon played ball in that area where they, I, I think they were doing their consumers a disservice. And they've been stuck investigating for years, these counterfeit products and doing nothing about it. Are you supporting a drug company? Always check who owns this brand. That's another one you can do. If you can find their website, then Google who owns da-da-da brand and see who you can find on Google. Google's pretty good at finding this information for you, okay? And if you're looking at a product like Emergency, a product that I grew up on, that I absolutely loved, that got sold out to Pfizer, and then I find out, oh, Pfizer's got it, I'm not giving my money to Pfizer. Absolutely not. I refuse. I'm not giving my supplement money to Pfizer, period. And so then you find an alternative like I have with Pauling Labs, who makes what was basically the original Intercy or emergency formula. They call it Intercy. It's so much better than emergency. You can't even believe it. And you're giving money to reputable people that aren't Pfizer. So find out who owns the brand. If it's a massive corporation, there's a really good chance they're far more beholden to the bottom line and to their shareholders than they are to their consumers. It's just the nature of the beast. The bigger and badder these companies get, and the more uh, fingers in the pie as shareholders, once they're publicly traded, it's not that you can't trust them. There are some good publicly traded brands, for sure, making good products, but mm, it's real iffy at that point whether or not you're supporting someone you actually want to support, okay? So the first one is quality and the brand matters. The second one, who owns the brand and then who's selling it? If Amazon's selling it, that doesn't make it a bad product. The question is, do you really want to support Amazon? Because they're just the kind of company that in my book doesn't deserve your money and doesn't deserve my money. And full disclosure, I am an Amazon Prime account holder or whatever you call it. I pay that whatever it is per year uh, so I can get stuff really quick. I mostly buy 
toilet paper and paper towels and stuff like that. What I try to do personally with Amazon, and I'm not always good at it. Sometimes I buy stuff that I could buy locally for sure. Um, well, everything I probably could buy locally. But what I try to do is I buy stuff that I would otherwise buy from a big box store because I figure they're kind of all one and the same anyway. And you know, Amazon ships it to me. I don't have to worry about it. I have to go out and get the stuff. And so a lot of those types of supplies, I still get for Amazon, mostly for my business, but also for my home. I get it. If you want to give some money to Amazon for some things, give some money to Amazon for some things. But as just a what I would consider to be a conscientious consumer, my choice is to do less with them and more uh, with companies that I think actually respect my dollar. The next question is, um, if you're if you are going to buy from Amazon, when it comes to supplements, and again, I never recommend buying supplements from Amazon, but if you are, make sure you're buying it from the actual manufacturer through um, Amazon. An example of this would be Ridgecrest Herbals. I told you my dad started that company. I have no skin in that game anymore. It was sold out. I don't own it. I don't work there. I have friends that work there. My best friend <laughs> runs the place. But uh, I love the company. They make great products. I sell all of their products at Vitality Nutrition. They sell on Amazon directly from Ridgecrest Herbals. And they're the only place you can... They're the only person you can buy it from on Amazon. So if you're looking at it, you can look at who's actually selling you the product. And if it's, you know, some no-name whoever seller, then you don't know what you're going to get. You really don't. It's a very Forrest Gump situation there, okay? So if you see that it's from Ridgecrest Herbals and you want to give money to Amazon and Ridgecrest, you can do that. Or you can get your Ridgecrest stuff from your local health food store. Or, even better, you can get it from me. I'd love that. But uh, I'd, I'd rather have you go to your local health food store than Amazon 100 times out of 100. And that's really my point, too, is that, again, I'd love you to buy everything you buy from me, supplement-wise. But I know you're not just buying supplements from me. I know you're not. I constantly have people coming in telling me about stuff they bought somewhere else. People hitting me on IG telling me about stuff they bought someone else somewhere else. People sending pictures of stuff to me, saying showing stuff that they bought from somewhere else, asking for my advice or asking me for, you know, what do I think of this product or whatever it is. And that's fine. The point is that I know you're buying stuff from not just Vitality Nutrition. So what I'm trying to get across to you here is why you should be so careful who you're giving your money to. If it's not me, and it doesn't have to be, find your local mom and pop health food store. More often than not, they're doing a really good job, and they have a similar perspective to what I do. They're better at helping you figure out if you're getting a good quality brand or not. Okay, so that's one thing, is your local independent store. If you're going to get it online, then consider getting it directly from the manufacturer online. As long as you've done your, uh, your due diligence and tried to figure out if that manufacturer is a good manufacturer, buy it directly from them. More money goes into their pocket. You're supporting a manufacturer that you apparently know and trust. That's great. Or like I say, buy it from your independent uh, health food store locally. If you're in a jam and you can't get stuff online, go to your independent health food store, serve 
those local stores that serve you better than any of these big national chains do. I did a big spiel about this at Small Business Saturday, but I absolutely believe that this is the best way to do it. This, it is those stores, stores like mine and stores like theirs, that built this industry into what it is, and they deserve your support. I really do believe that. Find, the last thing is find trusted resources for information. If this is one of your trusted resources, thank you. I really, really appreciate that. But I shouldn't be your only one. There should be other resources that you that you trust, that you've vetted based on, you know, just do they sound like they know what they're talking about? Uh, does following their advice yield good results for you? That kind of thing. There's a reason I do this show. I've recognized that there is a huge gap between the consumer and the manufacturer in terms of intimate knowledge of supplements. I happen to have a very intimate knowledge of supplements, maybe as intimate as just about anybody out there. And the reason I do this show is to be, as much as I can, your guide to taking the right steps with your supplement dollars rather than the wrong ones. I hope that this episode has been valuable to you. I hope this information uh, really enhances your ability to make the right choices for the supplement purchases you make for you and your family. Something else that's great for your family, homeopathy. I'm going to do my first homeopathic minute of the year. We're going to do one of these every Wednesday throughout 2024 and even into 2025 until we get through all 56 of the most common homeopathic single remedies. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to episode 393. I talked to Guillaume Lois, uh, who's been a friend of mine now for almost a decade, a wonderful, wonderful resource when it comes, comes to homeopathy and how it works, where it comes from, the history. All of that is in episode 393. I would love for you to listen to that episode. But what I'm going to do with the homeopathic minutes is we're going to do in less than five minutes most weeks. This one's probably going to be just a little bit longer because of this introduction. But in less than five minutes, I'm going to give you one remedy, what it's used for according to the Materia Medica, and also any evidence that I have um, as far as scientific evidence showing that it actually works for these things. We have to remember, and you'll learn more about the history of this uh, in episode 393, that not all, all homeopathic remedies have double-blind, placebo-controlled studies. Many do, uh, but if they do not, we will go over what are the known as the provings for the homeopathy, which is how they were originally developed 200-plus years ago. Uh, and I think that what you're going to find here is with each one of these remedies, you're going to hear oh, that would have been useful for me during, you know, that specific instance that I was dealing with or one of my children was dealing with or whatever. And so uh, I, I hope that as we put these together week by week, you'll find compelling information and make it easier to understand how to use homeopathy uh, for your family. And uh, I, I really want to hear your feedback on this too. So definitely hit me up on social media. Hit me up at Vitality Nutrition. I'll give all the details on that, of course, in the show description and at the end of the show. But without further ado on that, Aconitum napellus is the homeopathic remedy we're talking about today. 
Aconitum uh, is also, or, or comes from the plant, uh, commonly known as wolfsbane. Aconitum napellus is known to ease the early stages of acute ailments, especially when they follow exposure to dry, cold winds. It also, interestingly enough, works for things like panic and anxiety, most notice, notably after experiencing or witnessing a frightening event. Now, I have to preface this with saying that this is all according to Materia Medica, which is kind of the Bible for homeopathy, and you have access to this on the internet. Uh, you can look up Materia Medica yourself. You can check all this stuff out for yourself. This is, does not constitute medical advice uh, at all. This is just for your information. This remedy is indicated for anxiety states such as claustrophobia and panic during air travel, fear during labor, which I thought, thought was very interesting. I'd never heard of that with aconitum. Beginning stages of respiratory infections, influenza, and ear infections, particularly when they come on rapidly after exposure to cold winds. Uh, colds that begin after being outdoors in the wind. The first sign of flu with sudden onset and no clear symptoms, i.e. just in the first few hours of flu-like symptoms. Also high fevers that come on suddenly. And then dental anxiety to the point of panic. I certainly could have used that in the past uh, going in for uh, dental work. I have never enjoyed that chair very much. Toothaches with sudden intense pain or pain that comes on after exposure to cold wind or teeth that are sensitive to cold. Aconitum is used for that. Also mental symptoms that include extreme anxiety and restlessness. Now this is the one I found the most interesting because as I explained on the episode of Guillaume, I dismissed homeopathy to a large degree as a younger man. I've since embraced it and use it a lot more often than I used to, and I've had really good success with it over the years. But 20 years ago, I could have used it for my son, who experienced uh, a few episodes of croup. Aconitum, Napellus, uh, during the first 12 hours of a croupy cough or raspy, dry cough is when aconitum is uh, utilized. The early stages of croup. And then there are two other remedies, which we'll get into in much more detail in future episodes, but I thought this was interesting as a one, two, three punch for croup uh, in Science Direct uh, on sciencedirect.com. Uh, there is information on spongia tosta and hepar sulf being stacked along with aconitum napellus. So this is how they recommend it. At the very first stages of the croupy cough, use the aconitum. Uh, if the cough is still persistent at midnight, then you use the spongia tosta. And then if the cough is still active at 2 to 4 a.m., you can use the hepar sulf calcareum is what it's known as. And those three can be used back to back to back to help ease uh, the symptoms of a croupy cough. I wish I had known that back then, but I have heard really good success with this from uh, friends of mine who uh, have used homeopathy and customers of mine you know, after it was too late for me to use it on my son, of course, but hopefully it's not too late for you to learn this information. So that's the basics on aconitum napellus. Um, if you're just dipping your toes into homeopathy, a great place to start is with the Alois Essentials Kit or the Alois Home Kit. Uh, these are available at vitalitynutrition.com. They're also available in our store and they're really cool. They're little zipper pouches that you can put in your car, you can put in your medicine cabinet, you can travel with these. They have the top 10 or the top 20 homeopathic remedies in them. 
uh, all of which I'll be doing a homeopathic minute on uh, throughout this year. And then they even have kits that are very specific to like a first aid kit, which I think should be in every car, a cold and flu kit, a stress and sleep kit, a digestion kit, a skin kit, and a women's kit. So lots of options for you from Olois. And of course, you'll learn why I think Olois is the best homeopathic brand in the world uh, if you go back and listen to episode 393. Because this is the very first episode with a homeopathic minute, and I want to really deliver this to you in an effective way that can be used by you, will you please give me your feedback? You can call us at 801-292-6662. You can jump online, vitalitynutrition.com, and open up a chat there. Or you can get me on IG, at Vitality Nutrition Bountiful is the best place to reach me there. Any of those places would be a great place. And, of course, if you're a member of the Facebook community, the listeners community there, well, first, thanks for joining. And second, please give me feedback there. If you're not yet a member, uh, it's free to join. We'd love to have you. Uh, The link for the Facebook group is in the show description. That's it for this show. I hope it was a useful one for you and your family. Please give me your feedback whenever you get a chance. And thank you, thank you, thank you. One of my great gratitudes for 2023 are the wonderful listeners that uh, have found this show and have supported me so much during this year. I'm so excited to deliver more great content for you in 2024. Thank you so much for listening to me. My name is Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. been listening to the vitality radio podcast enjoy your week in the meantime jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it vitality radio is researched and written by jared st Clair. our awesome music is by brian bob young support vitality radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on apple podcasts youtube or your favorite podcast source Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you.